0: I thought to take a little time this morning to um, talk about the kandas, these five focuses of identity, um, which we've chanted about and I spoke about a little bit last night, um, and I thought it, it would be helpful just to um, explain a little bit more about them um, as a kind of background for our practice today. Um <clears throat> yesterday our main practice was on calming settling the mind using the breath as a focus with or without a word or a phrase a mantra just as a way of helping the mind to settle even just a little bit um and then when the mind is a little bit settled then we have an oppo- and then the encouragement is to begin to investigate uh, to use the teachings as a way of contemplating our actual experience so I talked just last night about anicca, dukkha, anatta, the three characteristics of all conditioned phenomena, that they're changing, they're impermanent, that because of this uh, fluidity, they don't actually provide a lasting, uh, satisfying um, refuge for us. So they're, they're, they're unsatisfactory is one way this is translated. And then anatta, that there's no inherent selfhood, in anything in the world of conditions. And this is something we can investigate, we can explore in nature. Um, Just notice how the day has begun. We were nighttime when we were here last. It was night. And then dawn came, and now it's daytime. And then by tea time this evening, by 5 o'clock, it'll be nighttime again. The day goes through its own cycle. Nature has its own rhythms and change. But one... um, thing that we're not so um, used to investigating in this way is is our own bodies and minds. And this is something that the Buddha really, really um, emphasized over and over again um, as a contemplation for us um, in order to really understand uh, what it is to be a human being, what it means and you know if you pick it up in one way it can all seem very negative rather depressing i was a bit concerned with the five subjects for frequent recollection that you'd all feel rather depressed by that but i actually find it very encouraging it's like a sort of acknowledgement of yeah this is the deal this is what we this is what we have this is what and let's make the most of it so you know you love somebody you know that you're going to be separated from them at some point so let's really enjoy celebrate the contact that we have but in a realistic way, you know, understanding that we're not going to stay uh, connected or be together forever. It's just simply not possible. So I think sometimes there's a reluctance to look at that. But when we look at it in the way of just celebrating, enjoying, living each moment in as full as as, as way, a way as possible, then it turns the whole thing around. So it's not doesn't need to be negative and depressing, it can actually be a real encouragement to 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 drink deep into the well of life. Very, very wonderful. Rather than just try to get it over with as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. Eat, drink, be merry because tomorrow we'll die. And that's not that's <laughs> not 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 a good attitude. <clears throat> so thinking about the five kundas. Uh, you've heard them in pali you've heard them in english form um or rupa form the body vedana feeling uh sanya perception sankara, mental formations vinnana consciousness so i think we all know what what the body is well, to some degree you know this this thing that we walk around with <laughs> This thing that we, we live with, this thing that um, carries us, uh, in a way, through life, um, that was born, has grown up, and eventually will will um, change to another uh, form. You know, it will no longer be this human being, but the, the elements will return, earth to earth, fire to fire, water to water, air to air. That's the form. And there are many ways that we can contemplate this, that we can study this. Uh, Even just the breath meditation, contemplating the breath, breathing, the process of breathing. That's one aspect of focusing on form. Uh, Contemplating, just being aware of what posture we're we're in. Sitting, standing, walking, lying down. Being aware, like the... um. What we're doing throughout our daily life, you know, eating, drinking, cleaning our teeth, getting dressed, um, stretching, bending, opening a door. It is these very, very routine, practical things that we do. This is an aspect of contemplating body, form. Uh, contemplating form in terms of the elements. I talked about earth, air, fire, and water. Contemplating form in terms of um its constituents, so a contemplation that we are given when we first become nuns or monks is hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin, these things that comprise our appearance, how we present to the world, what people see when when they see our our body that this is what they see, and this is what we can be terribly concerned about, you know that they're they're the way that we would like them to be um and we can get very concerned if they're not quite the way we would like them to be, and spend a lot of money um, getting it to look just how we like it, how we think it should be. So as nuns, monks, we're encouraged to really contemplate that, um, and what it is that we find attractive about another person. You know, it's, it's their appearance, body. But we don't think about all the things under the skin, which is much less attractive, actually. So, the Buddha encourages us to contemplate the su- the surface, but also to contemplate what's underneath the skin. So, we have this contemplation on the 32 parts, which is very graphic, and I won't go into it now, but it's not, you very quickly become, uh, disenchanted, <laughs> uh, with, with, with the body. You just see, well, it's actually, you know, it has its attractiveness. It's very, it can be very attractive, but it also has, a much less attractive element. In fact, it can be, you know, aspects of it are quite repulsive. You know, we don't want to go near it, near certain aspects of it. So it's it's not it's not the way it appears is the encouragement to, to really contemplate that. And then the other contemplation the Buddha recommends is just contemplating death. You know, um, so in Thailand the hospitals allow uh members of the Sangha to go and observe autopsies. You know, so you actually see um, what, what a body really is underneath, and that's, that's a very powerful uh, contemplation. I always like to use the body as a, a kind of anchor in my practice. You know, so I think I talked at the very beginning when we were doing the first relaxation about making your face soft, just, you know, smoothing out your brow, relaxing your face, making it just loose and soft. And um, I find that's very helpful. Like when you're feeling, you know, if you get really angry or upset about something or get caught in some pattern of thinking, um, it does have an effect on your face. Your face tenses up, you know, if there's something that you don't like that's happening and you frown and you tense your teeth. And sometimes we think, well, I've got to get rid of these thoughts. Uh, I want to get rid of them. And you think, how can I get rid of these thoughts? And I have to say, that's the wrong attitude. That's not You're not going to be able to get rid of them just because you want to get rid of them. In fact, the more you want to get rid of them, the more strong they seem to become. And if you think, I must get that tune out of my head. <laughs> and it just seems to keep coming back over and over again. Um, I mustn't think that. Whereas if you have a, a pattern of thinking, rather than trying to get rid of the thought, what you can do is just bring awareness to your face. Allow the face to soften. And you can't um, keep your face soft and retain a thought of anger or worry. They they just don't go together. So if you focus on the face being soft, then the, the thought just stops, disappears on its own. So that's a way of contemplating the form, the face, the physical body. Um, walking meditation is also very very helpful if you've got a lot of concerns and worries and you're trying to sort them out in your head just getting on your walking path walking up and down being with the body being with the feet rather than being up in your head is very very helpful so there's many different ways that we can use this body it can be a really good friend um, but it can also experience a lot of pain it can be problematic but it can also be a very good friend and anchor for us. <clears throat> so the other four aspects are aspects of mind. So we have vedana, which is feeling. And in Buddhist terminology, the word vedana doesn't mean like, oh, you've hurt my feelings. Um, it's, not, it does not, it's not the same as emotion although emotions do have a feeling tone to them, but it's more to do with any experience whatsoever. is either pleasant, and we want more of it, or it's unpleasant, we want to get rid of, rid of it as quickly as possible, or it's neutral, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And we don't usually notice the neutral things. You know, we've become very uh, uh, enchanted, drawn into things that are pleasant, We want things to last forever. We've become very um, concerned about things that are unpleasant, want to get rid of them as quickly as possible, and the neutral things we don't tend to notice. And as I'm sure you've all noticed, feelings change very fast. So you can feel very, very happy one moment. I often talk about this sort of wonderful feeling of being at one with everything, just so so wonderful, just love everybody, feel really, really good, and then somebody says something mean to you, (laughs) and you clench down, immediately it changes. So it's it's a very, very changeable feeling. So whether it's a thought, or whether it's a bodily sensation, whether it's an emotion, um... This is all, can, can all be classified according to feeling, pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, neutral feeling. Um, it can be very helpful if you do have a, a pain, say, or a difficult thought, just to contemplate it as unpleasant feeling. This is an unpleasant feeling rather than think I've got to get rid of it. So unpleasant feeling. The other really important thing to remember with these things is they change, anicca. They're impermanent. So you don't have to try and get rid of it, it'll go, it'll go, it can't, it can't stay. (laughs) You can try holding on to it as an experiment, but you won't be able to do it. So you can't hold on to pleasant feelings, you can't hold on to unpleasant feelings, you can't hold on to neutral feelings, they're part of the flow of life. <clears throat> Sanya, perception is a very interesting um, thing to contemplate. Perception is relies on 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 memory, relies on recognition. It's like recognition. So um, I learnt all of your names, um, but I haven't I haven't got them completely into my head, so I, I won't. Necessarily recognize all of you. Some of them, some of your names, I'll remember. People that I've met many times before, that I have a long, I've had a lot of say history with. That we've, we've talked to each other. We've done things together. I you will know, remember you because um, there's a lot of memory associated with it. So I'll know. So, yeah, that's Phil. That's Anne. That's Joe, and so on. But then some of you, I, I you know, I won't I won't remember because there's less. Um, memory i'd like to i'd like to remember you which is partly why i sort of went round and tried to learn everybody's name but um i'm not going to be able to do it because i don't have that mental capacity but not not during this retreat so recognition um with different objects you know some things you sort of recognize oh yeah that's a leaf like on my walking path there's an object that I'm not quite sure what it is, whether it's a leaf, whether it's a piece of paper, or whether it's a mushroom, some kind of fungus thing. And when I walk backwards and forwards, I think, this, the only category I can give it is unknown. <laughs> 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 so that's a perception. This is an, an unknown object. <laughs> and... Uh, you know if i if I take the time to go and give it a prod and sugar it about then then i'll I'll have more of a sense of what it is based on my previous experience um but if i have you know if I have no experience of something, then there's just simply well I, this is an unknown thing um, and A funny example is like when we when we receive our alms food we receive all kinds of food in our bowls, and mostly you sort of look and you think yeah that's a that's a bun that's a potato, that's a carrot that's an apple, that's a bar of chocolate, whatever, <laughs> you know that. And you can notice the feeling, you know, bar of chocolate, ooh, yeah. <laughs> but every now and again you get something, hmm, <laughs> not sure what that is. I don't know if it's delicious or not. And then maybe you taste it and you go, hmm, yes, it is delicious, a pleasant feeling. And now I know that, look, I don't know what it's called, but it's, it's delicious. <laughs> Something I want to eat more of. So perception is recognition. Uh, there's a lot more that can be said about perception, but I'll try and keep it a little bit simple because uh, uh, we've still got to talk about the others. Um, but like everything, perception changes so when i when once i've kind of investigated the, the the object on my walking path then the perception will change once i've tasted the food the perception changes you, you get a little bit more information um so it's based on memory uh based on the senses you know perceiving through the senses eyes ear ears nose tongue body mind um so then there's, uh, mental formations, sankhara. And this is a huge category of things. And I suppose the simplest way of explaining it is it's, it's like the response to what we perceive. So it, it does involve the emotions. So the emotions are, 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 are mental formations. It involves concepts. So, you know, if I sort of, um, say Chandasiri, this this thing is, is Chandasiri. That's a, a, a construct. It's it's a mental formation. It's a concept. Um and same with each one of you. You have your own particular label, your your name, uh you have your gender, you have your age, you have your profession, your place in the family, and so on. These are these are kind of labels. This is this is how we make sense of this um object in front of us you know that's so and so um old person young person and you might know a bit more about them yeah that one's a doctor that one's a nurse so you know, if i hurt myself i go to that one <laughs> uh if i get sick i go to that one so kind of what what we make of what we perceive also our thoughts our ideas about things um, these are all aspects of the mental formation. So that actually, even the word formation is helpful. You know, just it's formed, it's it's kind of created, it's constructed. Um, so we can make constructions about all kinds of things, just sticking things together to make some kind of a story. And the final one is um, sense consciousness, vinyana. Um in Buddhism we have six senses. So we have the eyes which uh respond to visual impressions, so visual objects and the, the meeting of a visual object and uh the organ of perception the eye with consciousness is is perception is um anyway it's It it requires uh, the coming together of things to to be able to see something, to recognize something. So actually paying attention. um, So bringing consciousness to um, a visual object. Similarly with the ears, hearing, we can be conscious through the ear. We can be conscious of fragrances through the nose. We can be conscious of taste through the tongue. Sorry, it's the other way around actually. Taste comes first, then the nose consciousness. Then body consciousness, which covers a a wide range of things, you know, just recognizing if it's a bit hot in here, recognizing if it's a bit cold outside, recognizing if we've got a pain in the knee, recognizing when we need to change position, recognizing when we're hungry. You know, all these different ways of, Perceiving things through the body. Um, And then the mind. This is a very interesting one because I think until we come to this practice, we do tend to identify very strongly with our thoughts. You know, there's there's not much space around them. Our thoughts are very real. We believe them 100%. Just like I used to believe everything that was written down. You know, if you had a, something a printed book or a newspaper, you know, it must be true. <laughs> because it's printed. No question. Uh, however, as we get a little bit older and wiser, we begin to realize that everything that is printed is not true. We also begin to realise that everything that we think uh, maybe is not completely how things are, that we can we can have a, um, a uh we can have a we can have misunderstandings. So we can, as with the practice, we can begin to observe uh, what's going on in the mind. And we've been doing this over this past couple of days, you know, focusing on the breath, bringing awareness to the breath, but also being aware of of thoughts arising in the mind. Usually, completely unbidden, they just come whether we want them to or not. Um, but we can be aware of them. We can notice the kind of thoughts that we're having. This is something I would really encourage you to develop, this ability, the capacity to observe uh, what's going on in the mind, to to develop this, this faculty of perception, to be able to see what the mind is up to. And that'll help us a lot on our journey to liberation. So sense consciousness is the capacity to focus and to be aware through any one of these senses. Um, The very first retreat I did with Ajahn Sumedho, he he pointed out that you can't see and hear consciously at the same time. And of course I didn't believe that. I thought, yes, of course I can. I do it all the time, the sort of multitasking thing that we do. But over time, as our practice goes on, we begin to see that if you're really paying attention to something um you know um that uh so you're looking at something very intently that uh you you may not even hear what's going on around you and sometimes people talk talk about being lost in thought you know when you're really absorbed in some pattern of thinking you can just actually not even notice that um things are changing around you one time at at Tume, somebody was doing walking meditation, and they they told me you know they started off, and they were um very much aware of the sound of the waterfall just beside them, the sound of water. But then, as they got more and more absorbed into their walking practice more and more absorbed just into the sensation of the body walking on the path, they stopped even noticing the water sound of the waterfall it just wasn't wasn't a part of their experience because they were into the body. Focusing on the body, walking. So it can be an interesting thing to investigate um, throughout the day, just to, to to notice how we can become totally absorbed in one feel one one um through uh, experience through one sense, um to the exclusion of all the others. And to see that actually consciousness is a very dynamic thing that moves very rapidly from one thing to another. It seems like a continuous flow, but it's actually very rapid momentary arising of consciousness Um, there are schools of meditation where they actually get so refined in their concentration that they can observe this uh, sort of mind moments and things Um, but this is not something that I have developed myself but I I am interested in in the way that we can um, uh, be very aware of one thing and completely oblivious of something else uh, anyway, that's just a little tour around these five focuses of identity with the uh, encouragement to, to contemplate these and to contemplate them in terms of the fact that they're continuously changing. They're not fixed, they're not solid, however solid they might appear at certain times, that they're unsatisfactory, and to begin to to challenge the identification with them. This can be difficult because we're so habituated, we're so used to identifying with certain experiences that we have. Um, And we we tend to believe them. You know, I'm this person, and I'm like this, and I shouldn't be like this, and I must develop that in order to be how I think I should be. You know, we make a whole story about this. Um, But that's our habit. So to begin to challenge some of these stories that we make about ourselves, who and what we are.